think I had like 300 euros in my bank account. And I was like, and I heard this voice that says, go to Mama, India. So I spent all my money in this flight ticket. (laughs) I think already I was 30 years old or something. I was like, you know, I'm a fully grown up. I have just spent all my money in India. I cannot be a hippie forever. Like I trust in God, but again, again, I'm doing it. You know, again, (laughs) jumping into that now. (laughs) Welcome to Beyond the Matrix with your host, Adric Suber. Have you ever wondered if this is all there is in life? What lies beyond what we were made to believe? In this podcast, we're going to uncover real human stories of those who have taken courage to go off the beaten path and live in full authenticity. We're going to challenge what you believe is possible, fuel your spirit with courage and heart with warmth to fully live your truth. So buckle up and get ready for the ride beyond Beyond the the matrix. Hello, hello. In our very first episode, I have a very special guest here. Sukawati is a channeler, a tarot reader, chart reader, just a beautiful, incredible, magical soul uh, that I had the honor to meet actually six months ago. It was in my first month in Bali. And and before the recording, we just realized that I only, I've only met you once. <laughs> but... And this is our second time that we met and we met and we're doing this virtually and I and the fact that we've only met once and I still want to have her on the podcast just speaks about the type of like energy that she had, the type of connection that we had the first time we met. And I was just blown away by her life story and how she got to be where she is today and sharing her gifts with the world. So I'm just really excited to have you here today, Sukawati. Welcome. Wow, what an amazing introduction. Thank you so much. I'm very blessed to to be here and also to meet you. Like when I met you, I felt so candid energy, like very peaceful and pure and centered. And I think that's why we connected and this is uh, on right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy that we finally managed to make this happen when I thought of having creating this podcast and it was still in the birthing process. And then having met you that night that really affirmed that I really want to create this podcast because it's through people like you who have lived this life that is kind of like uncommon and like off the beaten path, uh, very different from the life that I was used to and many people are used to in current days, people who live nine to five, people who work in a corporate and just follow this life template and you completely went off of that and create an, a life that is fully authentic to your own. Uh, and it was just really inspiring. I want everyone to hear more and more stories like this to let people know that there's many other ways and many forms of realities that exist outside of what we know in our current reality. So, Sukhavati, I would love for you to just kind of share uh, where you are in life right now, what you're currently doing. I give a bit of intro, but I don't think that does justice to the (laughs) gifts that you have. So I'd love to hear from you yourself about you, brief introduction, and what what you're doing, what you're offering to the world. Thank you so much, (laughs) Idrik. So, yeah, uh, right now I feel in Ubud, it's a very creative vortex and also Ubud in uh, Indonesian means healing and we all, people who live here, we feel this strong energy and we can utilize it to help other people. And I have already been living here like one year and a half and uh, I work as a channeler 
mainly online because of the situation here. I'm getting now my official kitas, but it's been also a trip mm-hmm. to work online. So I help people around the world um, doing these uh, channeling sessions that I they came to me intuitively. Then I will explain how. But basically, I'm clairvoyant, clairaudient, and clairsentient. I mean, Claire, I don't know. And <laughs> the thing is, like, yeah. I work with someone and I can see their bodies, their organs, even implants. Some people have, uh, of course, all the energy field, the spirits they mm. come with, maybe they come with uh, ancestors or someone who passed away who wants to talk. So I'm also like a medium for this spirit mm. to talk with. And mainly people ask me, you know, what's my mission? What's my purpose here? Many people really want to tap into their mission. And Mm. some people have these chronic pains like a stomach pain or something like this. Or maybe the energy is is, is strained. Um, Also, Mm. where to live? This is a common question. And of course, relationships, not love. (laughs) <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's in the, all the love songs in Indonesia. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So this is uh, it's been developing now. It's five years I'm doing this. So now wow. I'm use and other kinds of like drums, singing bowls. I'm singing, and it's like more forest singing. Also, I think because mm. of in every place I have lived, I have received activations of my soul. So it's like, mm. it's a whole mix. And just recently, I was activated like language when I got Corona. Mm. Suddenly the whole mm. chakra opened up and I could speak also like language that I used in my, in my sessions with people. Wow. What kind of language are you referring to? So the light language is the language of the soul. Each person can speak it and it's very pure. And when you start talking, then I I can do an example. When you start uh, speaking in this language, because it's not restricted and you are not trying to adapt to a language, to a structure, you are just vibing. It's so pure that the energy of the place shifts, like it clears the energy of the place. And actually, there are many people around the world speaking this language, and I have friends that we can we only talk in like language, and it's so wow. <laughs> wow, that is so fascinating. Can you give an example of what this language sounds like? Okay, maybe if you help me, you close your eyes, so I don't feel so. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Yes, I'm gonna close my eyes. <laughs> Wow. 
So yeah, what it came through me, it's mm. like when we open ourselves at the layers of our heart and we really open, all the gifts start appearing and your true self can can come out with no fears, no restrictions, no no self-sabotage, just being more. Mm. <laughs> wow, Suka, that language just sounds like music to my ears. <laughs> I had no idea what you're saying, but I just felt like this wave of warmth and like peace, like just vibrating across my throughout my body as I was listening to you yeah. say whatever you just said. And how does one start to? Does it, did it just come to you naturally? Like, or do you take? Some, is there like a a way to learn this language, or it just like comes to you? Yeah. So the first time, actually, it came to me, it was 2018, and I was in a ceremony of Huachuma. Uh, some people call it San Pedro in Peru, in a cave. It was like a very powerful mm-hmm. cave. Uh, some rituals, ancestors would do rituals there. And I just do it, did it with my hands, you know, my whole body was like an antenna and I was doing these crazy mudras, but there were there was not much sound coming out. And I was like, well, what is this, you know? And then in a few mm. times in my life, suddenly something will come out, like uh, maybe a singing. And some people, you know, when you sing and you don't want to say anything, you're just vibing. So suddenly... Yeah. Some sounds. And then Corona for me was like so difficult because I had so much pain. And suddenly I just started speaking and it helped me to heal because it was like these voices, you know, Sukhavati, calm down, you know, we're with you. And like, and it it was such a beautiful trip. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And you said you will communicate to some people in this language and you guys will understand each other? Yes, so it's like because it's not something to understand with your mind, but with your heart and with mm. your body. So with some friends, actually, we send each other messages, and we are like, "Did you understand that?" Like, um, and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when we do it, like we can. But I think the main purpose of this uh, language is is just exchanging an energy. As I, as for example, as I did with you, you know, you felt some energy in your body. That's yes. the purpose. Yeah. Wow, that is so fascinating. And Suka, I would love to dive into your story a little bit yeah. because, you know, you're someone with this very, uh, you're gifted with this psychic powers. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to pause for a second and kind of break down what you just shared as your introduction <laughs> to like very common people are a lot of like words and like concepts that sound very bizarre, you know, being able to mm-hmm. communicate with deceased ancestors, like mm-hmm. as like solve past life trauma and like yeah. receiving message and being this medium for uh, the other realms to communicate and uh, transmit their presence through you. How did you first discover these gifts? And I can imagine for someone who, uh, and maybe you can share a little bit about where you where are you from, where do you grew up. Uh, I can imagine uh, being in a place where you're not surrounded with people like you that could feel very alienating and very lonely and overwhelming to to be able to have these gifts and and not feel like you're normal. So maybe you can share a little bit of uh, your story and background and how do you come to accept and uh, embrace these gifts of yours. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, uh, 
at the beginning, I remember when I was a kid, I could see like fairies and spirits around plants and even ghosts. I remember the first time I saw a ghost, I was like four or five years old. And I knew that person that was in my grandma's house was not alive. And I was shocked. I was like, <gasps> because no one told me about ghosts. No one told me what a ghost is. So I was shocked. Um, and then, but then I really always was drawn to this kind of uh, things behind the veil of reality. So I was even looking for it. I remember I had a silver chain with a silver ring and I would use it like a pendule in the places. So mm -hmm. I really was drawn to it. Uh, and in my, some, some parts of my family, they would talk about it, you know, and about Ouija and all these things. So, but yeah, when I was a teenager, it got a bit uh, intense because, you know, when we are teenagers, whew, all the shadow wall comes in and all the fears. And yeah, and then I found this kind of spirits that, that they wanted to scare me off, you know, and they would watch mm. me in the night. And I was so scared that I said, God, please remove this from me. I don't want to see anymore. I don't want to feel it mm. anymore. And yeah, the next day, I was not seeing anything anymore. So oh wow, it, it was just gone like that. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, when I was um, I was living in England because I'm from Canary Islands, and then I lived some bit in Barcelona. It was very difficult always for me to know what to do in my life. So I studied architecture for a bit. It was not my thing at all. Imagine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hard to imagine you being an architect right now after knowing like what you're currently doing, what your gifts are. <laughs> yeah. So I felt very weird. Then I came back to Canary Islands and my parents were like, you know, you have to study something. And then I studied art history. And it was beautiful because it was also very magical and these stories and myths and legends and I had mm. fun. And then I went to keep studying in England to run art galleries, which was fun, but again, very boring to be in an art gallery. <laughs> and I was yes. feeling purposeless. I was like, what I'm doing this white cube, you know, what I'm doing here. Mm. And I started uh, researching about Taro. And then Yes, reading these cards and reading books and something starts shifting again. And again, I start seeing ghosts. I was like, whoa, something is happening. But by that time, I had lost my faith in God. Yes, this mm. happened in my teenage years. I just lost the faith in God because of church and all the corruption and all these things. Mm. Which actually, are not tied to God, but somehow I just lost it. And mm. so... I felt in England purposeless. I felt I really want to find something beyond my ego, something higher. And just mm. with Taro, something started opening up, unfolding. And then I decided to drop my career in the art world and just going into adventure to that known. And I wanted to find wow. God. <laughs> wow. Wait, pause a second. Like, how, do, how does someone go from knowing that or believing that this is your career path and and having lost your faith in god to rediscovering that faith again and finding that courage to leave everything behind things that you've developed and what you think will be good for your life and your future 
to completely to go completely off off the path and like d- discover something else how how did you find that courage to do that magic <laughs> i don't even know <laughs> i just was feeling very unhappy you know like desperate like that mm. i didn't the world didn't make any sense to me and in the nights i remember i had nightmares with an apocalyptic wall and i was seeing mm. in my dreams an, an apocalyptic wall and i felt desperate i was like i'm sure i mean this planet's for something higher not to be in a white cube you know in this high society in england you know i had a mm. and everything but still i was unhappy because i thought mm. this is not it and it was so mm. scary yeah yeah so i just bought a one-way ticket to sri lanka and i don't know i didn't even know i remember i just stopped in front of the computer where to go in the planet and i saw sri lanka and i said yes it was so crazy and then two weeks later i was in sri lanka i was wow so scared and i decided to go to a vipassana retreat and that started yeah. opening a huge beautiful trip it was right super- Wait, so you just uh, you didn't know where you're going you just wanted to leave the canary island and somehow sri lanka felt you felt called to go there without any particular reason <laughs> that is crazy <laughs> That is insane because I'm someone who like will think and do a lot of research before like moving to a new country. But for you, it's just like Sri Lanka. I feel like it. <laughs> and then and you're there the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, is insane. But I still, I only was there for one month because, yeah, there was something. And also in the Vipassana retreat, I met some people who had gurus in India. And I was thinking, mm. oh, maybe if I find a guru, I will find God through the, through them. So I went to India and I started visiting some gurus, but somehow none of them matched it with me, my energy. I was like, nah, no, no, next. Mm. No, no, no. Next. Uh, <laughs> and then I remember... <laughs> I remember the first time I felt something, you know, I was like, okay, okay, this is special. I feel something. So I was invited to a kind of a, a youth uh, congress in the mountains in india it was very weird the whole thing it felt like karmic or something and they needed a translator a spanish translator and i was spanish i was like yeah so suddenly i'm in a little room only with 20 people and this guy who was channeling a death guru a guru who passed away he was a channeler and i was like i don't know what i'm doing here but okay i'll sit here and this guy started channeling something and my heart is open wide open i'm crying to mm, running down yeah. i look around everyone is the same crying i was like whoa this energy is very pure you know and then mm. i felt here there's god something but still i didn't i didn't match with this uh, death guru or this guy <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> this is beautiful but I still not fully mm, doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I think one of your gifts, just hearing your story until this point, is just you have this strong intuition and you're really connected to your gut feel and your heart. You know, the fact that you just felt like going to Sri Lanka and the fact that you just knew that this guru wasn't the right fit for you. I think that's one of your true powers as well because for a lot of people, we're still stuck in our head mm. and we like we try to rationalize, like think of why something doesn't make sense. But for you, just feels like it and you continue searching for what really feels right to you in your heart yeah 
That's so beautiful. I guess so, yeah. I, and also being a woman is different. Women are more like watery and more emotional. And, but yeah, I guess because, you know, I was into the adventure and you are like, okay, now I can only follow signs because obviously this is not working anymore. <laughs> the thing, I met a guy and said, you know, there's a woman. There's a guru, she's a woman, and she's in the south, and she's very earthy and grounded, and she will sit on the sun in the beach with you. Because all these gurus, they were like kind of in thrones, sitting in thrones, and it was everything so luxurious also. I'm so, I don't know. And when I visit this woman, also I think when when finding a guru, it depends on what you need to heal. And in my case, I need mm. to heal my relationship with my mother, so... Uh, a guru that represented a divine mother. She was like an embodiment mm. of this divine mother. It was the perfect healer for me. And yeah, I saw her. I was like, yeah, she's the one. <laughs> she's the one. <laughs> yeah. And then it took me some time. And then, you know, you have to ask, can you be my guruji? And wow, that was the most intense moment of my life, I will say, because, you know, you are on your knees, just looking this divine, because... I mean, I could feel the energy of this, my guru, from one kilometer yeah. away. From one kilometer away, I was like, <laughs> I was like, wow. this being is so special, you know. And when you get closer and closer to her, the thoughts disappear. Sometimes I go to her with a question and I get closer, closer, and, and then, it, <laughs> and then, fuck, I forgot the question again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this energy is so wow it's wow, wow. I, i've never met an energy like this you know it's so pure it's so mind-blowing uh so for yeah. me to be just on my knees and say would you be my guru you know like my teacher properly and she stopped yeah. maybe it was just two seconds but for me it was a whole eternity you know and she will look at my <laughs> soul like <laughs> and then Okay, okay. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. uh, it must have been like a sacred and beautiful moment for you because you've been searching for this person for a while, you know, traveling across the world to Sri Lanka, to India, and then swiping one guru after the other. <laughs> and and when you when you found it, like even a kilometer apart, you felt that this is going to be the one. And to be kneeling in front of her and to receive the yes, that must have been like a, just a search of like, ah, like a relief, yeah. a sense of peace that just like, like just embraces you. Must have felt really, really good. Yeah. I think it's a love story of my life, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been five years with her and it's like, so many miracles and the way she shows up in my life it's like i didn't have a clue in that moment of what a guru means you know and what yeah this connection is so magical you know and sometimes i i feel upset because people talk about gurus and they don't have clue they don't have guru mm. and for mm. me something so pure and it's a, such a free relationship you know my guru it's like she has sent me to study with other gurus around the world and shamans and she's like you know you i'm your guru mm. you only have one 
that you can have many teachers and you are free to move around the world. Don't be here in my ashram with me the whole time. Go to the world, wow. surf, make money, spiritualize money. You know, that's good. You don't have to be here in a cave, you know, mm. not that time anymore. You mentioned after this uh, four months in Nepal, moved to Mexico. Mm. What made you... <laughs> At what point do you feel like, okay, I'm complete in this chapter because you moved through a lot of different places and with a lot of different gurus. What made you feel like, oh, I'm complete here and I need to go on with my journey? And how do you end up in Mexico? Yeah. You know, for me, it was all about following signs. Yeah, in this month, uh, I also met the shaman. She's a very famous shaman. She's one of the 13 grandmothers of uh, Earth. But actually... I don't want to talk bad about anyone, but I was quite disappointed with her. I was quite upset. It felt the whole scam. I don't know if she's the scammer or the, mm. the organization around her, but it felt very bad, very bad. And I, I, I don't know. It was all very weird. Um, bad experience, karma. And it was the first time actually I had a bad experience because with the other gurus I visit, you know, I could see, I could feel, I could just go around it. But mm. it, it was very weird. And also she was called Ama and she was also a Kali devotee. So yeah, it was a, a game big learning. And uh, yeah, and then, yeah, I remember I was there and I started tapping into uh, Mexican shamans. And actually, a grandmother who just died uh, this year called Abuela Margarita. And I was like, look, I'm, I don't like this city in Kathmandu. It's very polluted. Uh, I don't like this mm -hmm. experience with this shaman. It's looking that I have a lot of karma in this city. <laughs> I need to get out of here. And I was like, actually, you know, I don't have any restrictions. Now I feel called to Mexico. Why don't to go to Mexico? So I just bought a flight ticket right. to Mexico. <laughs> just doing a thing that security always does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just did it. Uh, well, then big learnings came. Also, I was like, okay, so now, you know, it's been like a whole year or year and a half without working. You need to maybe do some exchange of maybe going into communities and work in exchange of food or whatever. So, yeah, it was different. Now I was with this intention of doing exchange. And yes, I was in some communities and places doing some work away. So it was different vibe, but I started doing also uh, my gifts, offering my gifts in exchange of donation. So I was already attending people. And Mexico, the energy of Mexico is super intense. It's super intense. It's fire, you know, it's fire. And it was very healing for me because during the whole uh, time in Nepal and India, I didn't have my, my menstruation anymore. Because I was actually living wow. here. I was living here, meditating. I, I didn't have sexual wow. desire. I didn't even have my moon. So for me to go to Mexico, it was, a, it was also a healing. Healing about feeling a woman and feeling, okay, I'm inside a body. Now I cannot be so spiritual that I yeah. forget about my body. I live in a body and it's young and, you know, there's some fire yeah. here. <laughs> Yeah, to come back to your body again and feeling all the sensations, desires, and everything that this body comes with, not like constantly be up there. So grounding yourself again in Mexico. Yeah, I'm feeling this fire. And yeah, suddenly I felt 
you know, attracted to men again. I was like, wow, yeah, I feel something. There's something here. <laughs> There's no fire. <laughs> so, yeah, something started healing. And, uh, and then also there was a whole trip about will my Guruji accept me taking medicine plants? Uh, plant medicine because uh, yes you know in mexico there's peyote there's ayahuasca mm -hmm. there's so many mushrooms i mean so many uh, spirits and i was like maybe me, my guruji only wants me to meditate because she already <laughs> said that <laughs> i don't know how it's gonna pan up this but the thing it's i was um yes driven to a community in the jungle in palenque in mexico And yes, mm -hmm. I entered in this community. It was an international community living in the jungle. In inside a historical place, there was a, there were pyramids very close, very nearby. And mm -hmm. the energy of that place was super intense. And well, when I get into this community, I feel my guru. You know, I feel the energy all pink. I feel my heart open. I'm like, wow, what is this energy? And the sound. <laughs> very high I was like wow what is this I was already kind of crying and in ecstasy you know and these people they were half naked you know this community is called the garden of Eden so they were half naked mm -hmm. and they were like so much love and I was like this is completely different because in India we will have to have dresses till, till our you know wrist Yeah. We were all very covered and shame of our body. So it was a completely different yes. paradigm. And then I get to this community, they are all half naked and so much love. And I feel my Guruji, I was like, what is this? And then they show me a yoga shala. And in this yoga, yoga shala were a lot of climbing plants. And there were actually photos of my Guruji sticked on these plants. I was like, what? Are you followers, Obama? Mm. And they are like, well, the founder of the, co the community, actually, he is a deep follower of Amma. I'm like, wow, this is the energy. And I'm like, what are these climbing plants? And they are like, this is ayahuasca. We are ayahuasca growers. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so you are ayahuasca growers and you are also my Guruji's devotees? Oh, I think this is the answer of my prayers. It's okay to have plant ready. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then a whole trip with plant medicines started actually. Um, mm. Yeah. It was super intense also for me because as a psychic, if I was already very open with plant medicine, it yeah. opened even more. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It was plant medicine, like ayahuasca, like mushroom. It was already very intense for me as someone who is very grounded to the earth and for someone I can't, I can't imagine for someone like you who is already so in tune with everything else that is outside this realm what happens when you're in is amplified with plant medicine yeah it's very intense you know i remember having mushrooms there because around this community there were a lot of mushrooms the yellow yellow ones with the top and we took it and we went to the pyramids and these trees are so crazy and they're in the jungle. And I remember each tree has its own vibration, like a big tree will do. Um, and then the color of the aura of the tree, they have such a huge aura, it was crazy. So if I will enter into their aura, I will feel their energy. So I was the trip, 
tree and then the plants the flowers they have their own vibration so one flower will be like and the other one and i was walking and they want me to touch them and they were like touch me and the other no touch me please touch me so they were like little girls wanting attention the flowers actually and i'm like girls i cannot have you all (laughs) and my friend come on you know we have been walking this short path for two hours already and you keep talking with the flowers Oh, yeah. Mentioned you uh you went to Mexico without like any bank accounts or like cash or anything. Like how did you survive and how do you manage to to live there and do what you did? Yeah, so actually I still have some savings and I have a credit card, but what happened is like after this community, there was something off about this community, like they were like you know, when people live in community for too long, they are very endogamic and they are go mm. and yeah, like they are not that open. I don't know. I felt suddenly it, it felt off to be longer there. So I decided, okay, just a friend. She she came to the community and yeah, we get along very well. And she was living now in a city in San Cristobal de las Casas in, in Mexico. So I decided, okay, I'll go there, visit her, and then figure out where I want to go. So in the trip to go there, I was uh, robbed. You know, someone took all my stuff, and suddenly I was like, fuck, I'm in a city. I'm also, I knew, I mean, I was conscious that I was floating. I'm, I'm conscious I'm, I was flying by that time. <laughs> I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. I welcome communities and being naked the whole time. Like, I was like, what am I doing in this city? <laughs> and fuck, I don't have anything now. What to do? But yeah, for me, also, there was some trust. I remember I only have like some pesos in my, in, in my pocket and I just, I was hungry and I used it to buy a nice soup, you know, and I remember I was having a nice soup and was like, I'm fucked, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm enjoying this soup. (laughs) I'm fucked, but what's really important right now is the present moment and this tastes amazing. (laughs) So then, yeah, I managed to find this friend. She was living actually in a squat in a house they were sharing and they were like anarchists so this is very different Mm. energy and they were into helping communities that they were suffering of um they were shooting these villages in the mountains they were shooting they had guns and they were shooting each other and this group of anarchists they will help every month bringing uh, supplies water uh, yeah clothing everything that they needed so but yeah, I didn't have any place to go. So I went with this anarchist and they are like punks also, like very different, intense energy for me. And I still had my tarot deck with me. So I started reading tarot on the streets. That was the first time for wow. me to really open in. And it was such a trip to read tarot in the street. And I, for me, it was also an ego death, you know, this was more ego than that because I would have never pictured myself working on the streets, you know? I was like, what? Yeah. This is not, this is not where I'm coming from. Wow. This is not what I want to do in my life. But I was like, okay, there's yeah. options here. There's not, you know, just do this. And I start doing this. Then I start knitting. I was very, always very good knitter. So I started doing like these uh, nice tops and I would sell. And 
it was very simple life, but it's still, I don't know, because in the communities and in the ashram before, so I was not aware about money and that was not uh, something important mm. for me. And suddenly it, it came up like, okay, I live in this society and this is important, so I need to make money. And, and now I'm on the streets, you know, I have this, uh, I was living, mm. you know, in this house. Uh, but it was, but the thing, I, I also had a flight ticket to Peru because when you enter in Mexico, you need a fly out. So in India, I, in uh. Nepal, I already had bought a flight to Mexico and a flight to Peru. So I was like, wow, I, I feel tired. You know, it's been already like two years. I have, I feel tired. You know, I have changed so much. It's been so difficult <laughs> because to be conscious, to be aware of everything, it's... <laughs> But, you know, I was yeah. like, I don't think I'm, I'm ready to go to Peru. I better I come back to my parents, even though I was living in England. Canary Islands for a long time was not my home, but I was like losing the hope. I, I was about to give up. I was like, this is too much. It's been a good uh, learning to work on the streets and everything, but I think I'm done. You know, yeah. tired. I want to come back home. But again, there's a voice that says no. You know, mm. you wanted to heal and you still are not healed. You are not healed. There's something inside you that wants to be healed. And an energy came like Peru. There's something there for you. There's something there. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay, I will go. I will go. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Already so tired, you know. <sighs> yeah, intense. <laughs> so yeah because still i was feeling a bit purposeless i was like yeah i love to live in this community but of course this community also still depends on money you know they had to do their courses and so for me it was clear that we cannot just uh, break up society and we need to live yes in harmony with the main the main structure um, so, yeah, many people talk about the sacred valley in Peru. They said, you know, there are many people like you, they see things and whatever, you know, and you will find a community there. So, again, I just went there, I was like, you know, praying for the best. <laughs> and yeah. since I was there, I felt actually, since I land in Peru, I felt like I have lived here in past lives and. I felt peace. I felt in Mexico, I was feeling trouble always, you know, in Mexico, there's this fire energy, kidnappings and violence and guns, you know, and conflict. And for me, Mexico, the energy was very intense. It was also very cosmic because, because of the pyramids and many people there connecting with sacred geometry. And I could also connect with intraterrestrials by first time. Once that I was living by a lake and well, this is long stories, but you know, I felt Mexico is special, but it's super fiery. And mm. then in Peru, I felt, wow, here there's the sun energy, but it's peaceful. It's peaceful. Mm. Um, when I arrived to the sacred valley, you know, this is local people that live in the mountains with their red cheeks and, you know, just chewing some coca and just with the goats and they were just nice and simple life. And, and from the beginning, I met this kind of people that they are really opening, you know, spaces like I met this uh, lady in the cafe and she was like a proper witch and she's like, I felt an energy with you. What do you do? And I'm like, well, I'm a psychic. You know, I have a healing room. Why don't you work here? And I'm like, oh, yeah. 
you know, it was so easy. I was like, wow, wow. what is happening? Yeah, wow. and then I with a community there in the mountain, and we were we were like I don't know, we were like ten people, and they they were so sweet, and we will play music every night, and it was like wow, this place is giving me so much, and also I start having ayahuasca there. <laughs> yeah, I have had like ten times in my life, but still it was a bit wow. difficult for me because I see so much like. Imagine in this community, they will providing ayahuasca and offering this medicine weekly to people. So for me to live there was beautiful, but also I will not drink every week, of course. But yeah, I- weekly is <laughs> fucking intense. <laughs> oh, just a normal weekend tea, you know, <laughs> where you will like travel to different dimensions and like have like big, huge awakening about your childhood trauma, casual, normal weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's so intense. And then I was seeing a lot of things just by living there, you know, every weekend it was so intense for me. Yes, like wow, this is mm. so much. Um then I also fell in love. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> so that was something opening up after so many years, like wow. And it was also a very physical relationship with because ayahuasca is a very sexual plant. So I think mm. it opened up a lot of this. And actually, he's a shaman. He was a shaman of the place. And I didn't, from the beginning, I didn't like him. You know, I don't like this situation mm. in which either guru or shaman or someone with power uh, take advantage mm. of this energy to get woman. Yes. It's something yes. inside me always has rejected this. And actually, that was one of the main reasons I got a woman as a guru, you know, because I felt safe. Mm. in this case with him he was like my age and I it felt always like a friend and I could see he's got this Leo energy and he liked woman but from the beginning I was putting a whole wall because I really dislike this energy and by my, my Venus is in Leo so I kind of attract these people but it's like no no and I think because I was in refusal that he was like, I'm going to get you, you know, and he got me. Mm. <laughs> and that was like, wow, it was super intense relationship because it was with ayahuasca and with was all this energy. And we also worked together. Like we will go to do ceremonies in ruins, in mountains, and I will channel for the people while they have ayahuasca. So I will help them by seeing and telling wow. what I'm seeing. So it was very profound, very deep, very intense. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, then he broke my heart. <laughs> he broke my heart. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it was like, and um, by that time already, uh, what was happening, it was like I was channeling people also, and the spirits will appear and say, you need to come back home. You need to come back to Canary Islands. And I was like, why? And they will keep showing up and saying the same message. And yeah, and you know, my heart was broken. I was still living in that community and I was, yeah. But still for me, Peru felt like home, like the energy there Mm. is like so warm. It was so warm for me. So kind of against my will, you know, I, (laughs) in this time I listened to the spirit, okay, I'll come back home. 
Um, I think that was even the most difficult part of the trip to come back home to reintegrate all these soul fragments mm. and soul stories, and because yeah, and also knowing that I don't want to be accepted by my parents and my family and the social surrounding where I uh, grew up, but at the same time, you have to do it. You know, it's like, okay, this is me now to do, you know? And it's a whole trip about also self-acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, to me, that feels the real growth, that the real deal, because it's one thing to leave your past and your trauma and travel and just like in a way you're healing but also you're escaping from your past and to come back home to reintegrate to apply the lessons that you've learned and see how you could relate and like and still feel so centered in this new person that you are in your old environment that i've i feel that's the, the real growth uh and how was that for you how was that coming back home after years of like searching for yourself and like with all this new energy and all this new new found like selves how how did that feel to be back home it was horrible horrible <laughs> it was a torture it was horrible because i was li- used to go barefoot you know with just a fabric around my body and just playing music yeah. and you know feeling the energy of people <laughs> and suddenly I'm in a city um my father is like why don't you do a PhD you know you did a master's degree now why don't you do a PhD and I'm like oh my god I'm a medium I'm a medium now <laughs> I want to yeah. do you know this is my new job yeah what what are you saying you know like come on don't be silly Ooh, so it was intense you know it was really intense and then i moved with my mother but it was always the same energy like yes they were in refusal you know to my new self like for yeah. us you're a hippie now you're a hippie and you're tra- trying to escape yeah. of, of society and your responsibilities and i could also feel that and, and that's also kind of true you know but it's like I actually, I always felt like this, like an out um, outsider. I always felt that mm. even in the art world, I was living in a kind of community. So mm. yeah, it, it was also like, always like this. So, but what happened there, it was so difficult because yeah, I try a bit with my mother and my father. And then I was like, okay, what I know how to live now in a community. So just let's search for a community in this island. And I found it. And I found this community that really, it was mind blowing because it was the first community that didn't have any rules, ruleless. Mm. <laughs> so wow. and it was also very rough living because it was in the desert, in caves, you know, it was so sand, so much sand and windy and the sun is so intense and hot and wow, it was rough, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, and then also they were very kind of, again, like there are many kinds of community and some communities are more anarchist, you know, and for me, sometimes mm. this reason means that they are angry against society. So they are yeah. not vibing fully in love. They are creating a community yes. because they are angry with, angry with society. And yes. this energy is super intense. And also what they would do, because in Canary Islands, there are so many hotels that they are wasting a lot of food and everything. They will just go to get this um, recycled food. 
And for me, again, I, I prefer to grow my food. That was not my energy, but on the other side, I was, uh, well, I started doing a food, growing up food there because I knew from, uh, from Peru. So I started doing it, but it was intense because I was in charge of the garden, but also still I was working online as a channeler. And then this community is so hippie, like, because there's no rules, you know? So people are like from yeah. the morning hugging you and like saying, hey, what, how do you feel today? You know, and it's all like this. And, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm now I'm not in this point, you know, I need to do things and I want to grow yeah. veggies, I want to help people and I cannot be vibing the whole day here. Uh, so there were some, frictions inside me not outside it was inside yes. and I decided to travel again <laughs> I went but <laughs> in this case <laughs> with a return ticket I went to England and France because I had to also integrate my life in England I still had like computer boxes there three years there were boxes mm. in England of me so I was like, okay, I have to face this part of me. I have to go to England to visit my old friends and integration. And that actually was very sweet, you know, because mm. artists, you know, they are kind of spiritual. They are already outsiders. So they were like, okay, we can see you are a bit different, but it's okay, you know, same, same. So that was really nice. And also I took advantage of this trip to go to ashrams in England and to go to... Um, Glastonbury, which uh, it's a place in mm -hmm. South England where the heart chakra is of Gaia. And mm. the energy was so intense too. Then I was, uh, the voices <laughs> go to South France. <laughs> I went to South France. And actually, this was a very like a pilgrimage of the energy yeah. of the Marys and the, um, the, the Holy Grail. Um, so yeah, in this path, I also went to other communities. I received a lot of channeling, like activations, yeah. because for me, it's very important to walk. You know, as we walk, we are activated because places have energy. And when we walk these places, yeah. soul also awakens because we have had past lives in China, Russia, Mexico, you know. So, yeah. um, but I came back. I came back to my island. I was like, why? <laughs> I came back and I came back only after one month or something. And I went to live by myself. This was the first time in three, four years that I was uh, living by myself. And it was super mm. sad because I was already mm. used to in community. Yeah. But I knew there was something off about it. And I needed to live alone to integrate really who am I? Mm. And I went to live yeah. to a house cave. It was a cave. <laughs> it was for me very difficult to suddenly live alone. And I was like, wow. Mm. So playing a lot of music. And yeah, still I was a, once per week, I will meet friends. Um, but it was while living there that I really was struggling. I was like, maybe I should come back to the art world. So it was like a big down, like... Maybe my parents mm. are right. Maybe I should do a PhD, you know, because now I'm not vibing with these hippie communities. Where is my vibration now? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> I don't want right. this. I don't want that. I want now. I'm lost again. What to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I really love this part of your story because it just highlights a very human and vulnerable experience that everyone, including the hippies, go through. Because I think a lot of the uh, impression of people who are a little bit alternative or like hippies, like, oh, we're just kind of vibing with life, you know, and we're kind of like born this way. We don't care about what people think of us. But hearing a story about how you came back to your parents and your parents didn't agree of your new lifestyle and you're struggling to make them understand you and you're constantly searching for yourself, traveling and even finding that you're a little bit lost again after living in all these communities. And I could really relate to that when you're so in tune and in sync with like a group or community, it's so beautiful. But at the same time, I felt that feeling of being lost and like searching who I am without all these people. And to the point where I needed to be by myself. And when I was by myself, I was like, well, I, this, I felt this contraction because I was so used to vibing with a big group. And then when I was by myself, like I have to search myself again, like in my own space. So I could really relate to your journey. And so thank you for sharing this part that I think a lot of people could easily uh, forget that uh people like us who think differently also are humans and we have to deal with the real world, real parents, friends, and society. We're still existing, coexisting with everyone else. So it's not just us and our own world. So thanks for bringing that very human part of the story. Yeah, thank you. Wow. It was intense, you know, and I was like, I'm lost. Um, but my, my faith to my guru, it, it was always there. And I heard again a voice, come to visit mama, you know, come to visit mama. And I said, mm -hmm. I was not uh, making much money in that, in, in that time. So I was living in a cave. I had my computer, but no internet. I would have to go to the library to check things. So I was like, I think I had like 300 euros in my bank account. And I was like, and I heard this wow. voice that says, go to mama, India. So I spent all my money in this flight ticket. <laughs> I think already I was 30 years old or something. I was like, you know, I'm a fully grown up. I have just spent all my money in India. I cannot be a hippie forever. Like I trust in God, but again, again, I'm doing it. You know, again, yeah. jumping yeah. into that now. And I said, okay, still there are three months to go. I can make money, you know, here in, in Europe, you know, just chill. Okay, okay. So since I say yes, this is the magic about my guru and about everything in life. Since I just spent all my money in this flight ticket to my guru's ashram, suddenly there was a big portal of evolution opening up for me and of abundance. Suddenly I noticed, you know, I'm so good at tarot. You know, I'm an art historian and also I have been reading tarot for so long. I'm just going to start giving workshops. And people mm. will, uh, I will arrange uh, weekends and I will uh, rent places. And suddenly in three months, I made so much money, like in one weekend, maybe 1,000, 2,000 euros just with these workshops. So this was the wow. first time of my life to making so much money, not even in the art world. I was making cheap money. Like, so I was like, yeah. wow, you know, something is happening. I wanted to go to my Guruji. My Guruji is like, come on, girl. <laughs> like, so it was really amazing. So yeah, 
but you know when I was there in, still living in my cave I heard a voice after India you have to go to Bali and I said no this is too hippie again I'm not doing this anymore I'm just going to India to see my guru two three months and then I'm coming back yes yeah. I'm, going, I'm going to be now a fully grown up living in a society in the west you know this is yes not hippie anymore but I heard the voice go to Bali. I even checked the Bali. No, 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 no. I'm going to India. I'm just going to India. So I bought a return ticket. And then when I'm in India, <laughs> I was in my guru's ashram. So happy again to see my guru, to hug my guru. Uh, I was back there. And big boy saying, you need to buy a flight ticket to Bali. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Canceling my flight ticket. <laughs> A message arrived to me of a friend who used to live in Bali and he told me, stop in Singapore, get a six-month visa, come to Bali, and uh, the borders shut down because of the corona, you know? Yeah, yeah. And here so you are now in Bali. Yeah, it was just a, it was perfect. <laughs> you got here That's just cool. before the borders closed and, to, and a year later, you're still here. <laughs> And we met. <laughs> wow, what a journey. <laughs> Thanks for walking us through your epic life adventure in the last five years in the search of your purpose, your calling, and your true authentic self. It was just so beautiful to hear all of this. And I think I'm just going to end by asking reflecting this journey in the last few years you went through so much struggle confusion but also light and laughter and community what have you learned and what can you impart in terms of wisdom and knowledge uh, for people who are also because i know a lot of people are still lost people are Many people don't know that they're lost. Many people are stuck in this matrix, like doing their job that they don't love doing. And I think to me, you just embody this like courage and curiosity to just are constantly seeking for what is that one thing that truly liberates you and and allows you to really tune into the heart. So what can you share uh, with our audience here? I think people have different ways to find this true self. No, in India they say there are several paths. Like you can do it through self-questioning, who am I? Who is this experience? You know, and this is a path. You can also do meditation or service. You know, some people when they help others, they feel this bliss, and it's like, wow, what is this? You know, so there are many ways to it. Like people singing, chanting God's names, and you know, even gospel, you know, these kind of songs that really open your heart. For me, that's my path, bhakti, yoga, it's the yoga of devotion. For me, what always saved me was the first that I wanted to find God. And second, now that I have my guru, is this devotion, you know, this is what is saving me every day. Like everything can get crazy around me, but it's the devotion to my guru. That is what is important to me. And I remember mm. once in Peru, I was really, I had a plant medicine. It's very, very powerful and very intense. And I thought I lost my, my the plot, you know, I was for one month tripping. It was super intense. Um, in, in one time I was meditating, just normal. And it was very intense because I, th- I thought 
wow, I'm too out. I'm not in my body. I'm losing the plot. I can either go crazy or, or die because I don't, I cannot come inside my body. And it was like 10 a.m. meditating. And I called my guru, you know, because it's like what I know, you know, it's the only magical thing I really trust. And I'm like, Guruji, yeah. Guruji. And I see her and she says, go to your heart. But in that moment that I'm losing the plot, I'm like, this is not enough. You know, I'm dying now. Don't fucking say go to your heart. <laughs> you know, this is not. Yeah. And I'm crying and desperate. I think I'm going to die. And then I remember. I remember the mantra that she whispered in my ear. This is a sacred ma- mantra. When you get a guru, you get a sacred mantra. And I remember the mantra. So I started singing the mantra. And in the moment I sing the mantra, <laughs> there's like a torrent of light here. I see the cosmos and full on energy because in that moment I even doubted of my guru because that was not helpful. Go to your heart. You mm. know, I was losing the plot. But when I chant the mantra, I felt the power of this mantra and the connection with her. So I didn't know if she as a human, she's real, but what it felt real, it was a connection between she and me. And it was mm. this connection that actually saved me in that moment. And it keeps saving me and it keeps giving me this energy and this joy to say, yes, you know, let's keep going. So yeah, mm. I recommend to develop something that you really trust, you know, like, Maybe it's a god or goddess, or maybe it's nature and says, okay, or Gaia, you know, this is very powerful to connect yeah. with Gaia these days. Like, okay, Gaia is my, you know, my goddess, my home. Gaia is always supporting me, giving me abundance, mm. giving me everything that I, that I need. So just to develop this trust with something, you know, or yourself. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I think the lesson that I took away from you was having that source that could give you that power and confidence and trust that you're actually guided and that you're not alone in this struggle. And whenever you feel like life is too challenging or difficult or too much, like there's always this source. It can be whatever, like you said, nature, guru, God, as long as you have that one thing that can truly support you in the time when you really need it the most, where you felt like life is really just falling apart and you just, there's no way out. And just having that speck of light to just know that I'm really guided in this planet and everything's going to be okay and really just trust the process and know that you'll be guided this this really beautiful that you re- your journey really embodied this lesson and where can people find you Sukawati? I think you have beautiful gifts to offer to the world and if people want to get in touch uh, where can they find out more about what you do yeah so I have a website it's a 3w uh, Luz Solar is in Spanish, 333.com, but the information is also in English. And also they can find me in Instagram. My IG is astro uh, slash uh, sunlight, but I can give you the information so they can find me, my yeah. phone number and everything. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll put all of your details on the podcast description. So listener if you want to find out more about your calling or like spoke, speak to your ancestors self past life trauma Sukhavati is definitely the good person uh to to dive into this realm with you um and just wanted to kind of share what i uh took away from this journey just want to really thank you for sharing your life story with us because it's for me that felt truly really exceptional having 
been someone who went through a very normal, I consider normal life path, like going to high school, going to university and like going to get a corporate job and hearing how you're just constantly curious and following your, this inner voice and following your heart to travel across the world from India to like Mexico, Peru, back to Europe. And I, I love how it feels very human. It's not like, oh, I had this calling and suddenly I transform and everything became okay and amazing. I live with this community, everything was fine, but you're constantly searching and constantly reinventing and exploring like, each time you're like lost again, you're constantly reinvent yourself again, you're lost again, stuck, and then constantly find yourself again. So it just, it, and it, it allowed me to really see and what's going on behind someone's life that I always had this impression, you know, someone who looks a little bit hippie, they always look so confident, like they don't care about the world. They just believe in what they're doing right now. But behind all of that, there's just so much that went on to be, to get to where they are today. And, and you sharing this story just reminds me and grounds me again to be humble and to really see someone from the heart and to know that they're human and they went through their struggle, their confusion, feeling lost, feeling that they don't belong. And only through this journey that they find themselves again. They, they come home, you came home to yourselves, and now you're in full alignment to be in service for the world. So it's a really beautiful story. And I just want to thank you, Skawati, for sharing this story with us. And it was such an honor to have you on this first episode of my podcast. So thank you very much, Skawati. Thank you so much. <laughs>